Welcome to Friday's Child the Podcast, formerly known as Life School ME. When I started Life School back in June 2019, my vision for where I wanted to take the podcast and how it would grow was not 100% clear. I knew I wanted to interview inspiring women and share their stories, but there was no grand plan. And that's okay. I'm a firm believer in starting before you're ready. But after falling pregnant with my beautiful daughter Mavia and deciding to focus on the world of bumps and babies for series two, I discovered a new passion for all things related to pregnancy and birth. The things I learned about the female body and birth during my pregnancy journey have changed me forever and ignited a newfound passion and love for this subject matter. So Life School has been reborn as Friday's Child and during this series I will be talking to first-time mums, childbirth educators and industry experts on all things motherhood. Whether you're newly pregnant, a first-time mum, or maybe you just want to find out more about the world of babies and motherhood, I hope you enjoy listening to my wonderful guests and that hopefully you can take away some helpful information and insights. Now let's get on with the show. My guest today is Netherlands-based postpartum specialist, mother and author of This Is Postpartum. I am of course talking about the wonderful Tilda Timmers. Tilda's passion for breaking the taboo around postnatal depression is incredibly inspiring and I was honoured to hear about her personal postpartum challenges during our chat. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the glorious Tilda Timmers. Tilda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat to you today and just full discretion for our listeners. If at any point um, you hear a baby in the background, it's my baby because she's woken up. So (laughs) hopefully we're all moms. They get it. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping the sleeping gods are on my side today and she continues napping for our whole chat. So fingers crossed. Um, But Tilda, can we start by you sharing a little bit about your personal postpartum journey and how you became the incredible postpartum specialist and author you are today? Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, so I became a mom for the first time in 2014 when our daughter Livia was born. And um, basically, I wasn't feeling well straight after giving birth. Um, My my grandmother passed away while I was pregnant and she was like my mother, my mentor, my everything. So I wasn't already feeling well during the second bit of my pregnancy. And I had a very traumatic birth which I think triggered the postpartum depression. And I think after a couple of months, I was like, I love my child, but I'm not liking motherhood at all. And it was very hard for me to admit that because I felt like I was a bad mom or, you know, they would label me as unfit as a mother. And so I kept it all to myself basically until I was almost drowning. And then, a close friend of mine called me and she said, Tilda, what's going on with you? Like, I don't recognize how you're behaving. What's happening? And then I finally, you know, I broke down and in tears and I could tell her like what was honestly going on in my head. And then I got professional help. And I think when Liv was a year, I I was back to my old self. Well, basically it's still a 2.0 because I don't think you will ever go back (laughs) to your old self when you become a mom it's like your new and improved version I guess um so yeah and then I was thinking like what do I want to do for the rest of my life because I was working in the hospital and I wasn't I was trying to say goodbye to that part of my job life and I really wanted to help 
other mothers like I was being helped, you know, and I decided that I was going for it. So I retrained myself to become a life coach and I wrote a, a blog about my postpartum depression, very vulnerable, very modest blog about, you know, how I was feeling. And that blog went viral. It went with everywhere on Dutch uh, national media. And I got so many responses that I was like, oh, what is happening right now? So then I was talking to my husband and I said, well, maybe I should write more about this. But I wasn't a blogger like I am not right now. And I, you know, didn't write any books, whatever. So, but I felt like I needed to write that book. You know, it was a very strong feeling mm. that I had. So then I first wrote my Dutch book, which translates like now I can breathe again. And um, but I always had very big dreams of translating my book in English. And um, last year it was published by the DreamWork Collective in Dubai. And um, this is postpartum has been launched last June. And yeah, I feel so grateful. Yeah. You have such a loyal following here in this region. And yeah, I have. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you have so you have so much love, honestly, in this part of the world. But I was curious how how long had you had your baby when you first sort of opened up to your friend? I think she was like four months. Okay, so it's still really yeah. early days. Very early, yeah. But I knew like after a week or something that it, something was off, you know, I was crying all day and we had a maternity nurse at home. And I even asked her, like, do you think I have postpartum depression? Because I am so somber and I'm crying all day and I'm super insecure. And she was very sweet. She said, well, most mothers are, and you know, don't worry too much. And because she was the expert back then, I was like, okay, well, you know better. So I will trust your 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 word for it, and of course, I don't blame her for that at all. Like mm. I still I still speak to her uh, to that lady, but I think it's I knew deep in my gut that it wasn't that I wasn't feeling right. And yeah. had you had you sort of been warned about the baby blues and how you might feel after you've had a baby? Because I think a lot of people do well more so now people are more open about chatting about the baby blues but my mum was was very honest with me she was like look when your milk comes in you may get what they call the baby blues so I think for a lot of us we have a little bit of a heads up but how do we then know the difference between okay this is your normal baby blues you get all these emotions and hormones flooding but then when does that tip over to, okay, I have postpartum depression. This is something more serious. How, how do we know? And how much did you know before you had your baby? Good question. Um, I think normal baby blues start within three, three to five days after giving birth, like you said. And I think a lot of moms don't want to hear this, you know, that you can spiral into postpartum depression. And it's, a very important topic to speak about during pregnancy because if it happens to you it is important that you know that there's help you know that you don't have to do this alone so first of all i think this this whole topic is very taboo you know being not happy while being pregnant or feeling depressed after giving birth it's something many mothers don't dare to talk about because they're also afraid of being labeled as an unfit mother or some moms are even scared you know that they don't see their kids anymore and it's it's hard and it's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame involved so to answer your question i think 
the normal baby blues will, you know, disappear after a month, maybe one and a half. But if it's still going on after three to four months, you should definitely start looking for help. I prefer even earlier. I think when you when you notice that, you know, you're not enjoying motherhood a lot and you feel very insecure, there are a lot of you know triggers for a new mom to spiral into that negative cycle. And I think early on intervention is very important because for example if i if a mom comes to my practice after two months it's much more easier for her to go back on that positive path towards recovery well after well if if a mom comes to me after let's say a year it's very hard because a lot of things have happened to her and in her mind and it's very hard to get her back on that path it is possible but it just takes much longer yeah you're further away aren't you there's more work I mean I was even though I'd had a heads up I was nothing can quite prepare you for that third or fourth for me it was the third day we just got home and I was on this massive high and then literally within a second my boobs were rock hard they were hurting and I just felt like I'd been hit by a truck and it was the combination of lack of sleep hormones milk coming in and I had a couple of days where I was really teary but I still felt so much love for my baby I was enjoying it but I did really feel wobbly but then after a few days I felt okay again so at no point did I think okay this is spiraling but what I will say is in those few days I thought I can see how this spirals I can see how this very quickly could turn into something a lot more serious and so for some people it may not be a chemical thing it may be like your circumstances, maybe you don't have enough help or maybe you had a really traumatic birth and your recovery isn't going well and you have a baby with reflux and it's not sleeping. And I could just see how, ah, I get it. I get how this can happen. Um, That, and and on top of all of that, what I see in my practice is that a lot of moms that are not feeling well after giving birth are also very, um, they like to be in control of things and they are also set the bar very high for themselves and some moms are perfectionists if these are all things that you recognize within yourself chances are higher that you will struggle after giving birth because once you get a baby it's like you have to let everything go nothing is in your control anymore and for me personally that was the same thing and I see this with many many mothers that they want to control everything their baby does but you just simply can't and that fact is very hard to comprehend for many mothers. It is and in those early days you are worried about everything and you just don't know because it's your first you just really don't know you know is this normal is is you know should I be doing this is that safe um but I wanted to ask you what sort of help did you get what are the options because obviously with um any sort of depression there are different ways to tackle this aren't there so what worked for you what worked for me was that I went to a therapist who helped me and introduced me to mindfulness. And back then I thought that mindfulness was very like woo-woo. out there, like, very, yeah, woo-woo. <laughs> good expression. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what to think. And 
I was super surprised that mindfulness was really practical and down to earth and science based. And I was like, oh, and I, I got really into it. I wrote, uh, I, I read a lot of books and I started practic practicing more and more mindfulness in my life. And then I started noticing that, you know, the smallest things like walking outside, seeing these tiny leaves when spring is coming, you know, that the leaves are trying to blossom. I was like, wow, I never noticed this before ever and when i started to enjoy those little things in life more i could also enjoy daily life more and enjoy motherhood more because with me it was never like i don't like my baby here take it i don't want to see it i loved my baby that had nothing to do with it but i didn't like being a mother all the time mm. no yeah and i think a lot of women experience this sort of grief for their life before because yes all of a sudden you can feel quite trapped it's like I can't get away from this now. Like I am responsible for this little human and exactly. I can't just go off here at the drop of a hat. And I can't, and that takes some getting used to, and it is finding those like small sparks of joy in little things that like keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like saying goodbye to that old life you once had, like, for example, I was a party girl before I went to all the festivals. I went like I was always the last one to to leave the party. And I remember sitting at home with my newborn baby and all my friends went to Dutch festivals. And as many listeners probably know, the Dutch festivals are mm. very fun. <laughs> so I was like, I'm missing out on everything. I had severe FOMO for mm. sure. But also saying goodbye to that part of life and not being able to just pack your bag and just leave the house you know it's it's yeah it's a mourning process for some women and if you're listening in know that it's very normal to go through that and that you will you will adapt to the new situation but it takes months and would you advise um because medication doesn't work for everyone as well so would you advise women obviously depending on where they're at but to seek some sort of like spiritual help and therapy and do some work from within first before then going down the medication route or does it really just I depend think, on yeah i think the medicalization is. thing is, is something i see a lot more in the netherlands as well um i think it's up to each mom to themselves whatever they decide and i feel like you should do what feels right for you mm -hmm. if you if you're familiar with depression or anxiety and you have you have been on medication before i can imagine that that's is an easier thing or an easier path to follow. But there are also mothers who say, no, I don't want the meds. I want to do this on my own. And I think we should all respect all mothers and whatever they decide, because you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. And every mom should decide for herself, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you touched on that you had quite a traumatic birth. And yeah, I find this quite fascinating because since having my little girl and I did hypnobirthing and I thought hypnobirthing might Amazing. be a bit woo-woo and I didn't really know a lot about it but then when I did it I was like wow there is so much common sense behind this as well it really it's is. very empowering isn't it very empowering and it's really educational and it's not just about breathing your baby out that's a very small part of it you know exactly and it's a I mean, mindset isn't it it's a mindset and it's also education you need to know what's actually happening to your body what's happening to your baby knowing your rights your options and I did hypnobirthing and it changed something in me because I, I, I just thought this should be available to every woman and I know it's not for everyone but a traumatic birth can really spark something 
Oh and yeah. In those early days when I was feeling wobbly, I thought one of the reasons I'm feeling strong inside is because I had a positive birth. And that doesn't mean you have to have a natural birth. Positive birth is you feeling empowered, in control. Right. And by in control, I mean, how in control are you when you're giving birth? But as in, I know (laughs) where I want to be. I'm informed. I know what's happening to me. Because so many women, their birth just happened to them. And then the aftermath, you are just left feeling not only in pain, but sometimes really confused. The amount of ladies I know who just feel really like, oh, that's just not what I wanted. And I don't know why it happened that way. And so do you think your birth was quite a big part of how you felt after having your baby? I think it was the last push for sure, because I was grieving my grandmother's um, passing. And because she was so important to me, I could not imagine that my little girl would not meet her, you know, and that I couldn't introduce them to each other. So um, what happened was after I had that traumatic birth, they left me in the room. So nobody paid attention to me. They came back after almost two hours and decided to uh, stitch me back up. But after two hours, you don't have the rush of the adrenaline with yeah. you anymore. So it was on top of that, I had another trauma. So that was too much, you know, and I think empowering birth is like you described it very beautifully. It's about you doing the birth like you wanted it. And this was something I never wanted. And I think it was brutal. And I think it was uncalled for and very unprofessional by these healthcare providers. And even though that my husband is a trauma surgeon, he was right there with me. Like it just happens to you. You know what I mean? You cannot prepare for all of that. It just happens. Yeah, I'm so sorry you went through that because I just, I think this happens a lot all over the world. Yeah, it does. And I can, I can highly recommend doing EMDR because that really helps a lot of traumatized mothers after giving birth. I did it myself and um, it is such a wonderful tool to get over a trauma. What what is that, Tilda? What? What is that? Well, EMDR basically is a method where um, I, I have to explain it in a, in, a, in a language that's not my own. So I, I have to be careful how, how I to explain. But I think it's basically you have this trauma, traumatic memory, which is filled with emotions. Mm. And during EMDR, you have to either follow a light with your eyes or you he- get a, a headphone with noises or sometimes they let you hold buzzers or all of it together. And what happens is you have to relive the trauma and they zoom in on one certain image of that trauma and you enlarge that and you go through it all mm. over again, which is very intense. But with the right therapist, she will guide you through that. And then after the session, um, it gets less and less the trauma. And if some, someone, some mothers need one session, some mothers need two or three to, um, you know, digest the whole trauma. But after you're done with the EMDR, the, the, the loaded memory you have with all the negative emotions is taken off the, the thing that happened. So the birth in this case. So you can just still think about that birth as an experience you mm. don't ever want to do again. But it's not traumatic anymore because the negative emotions are taking yeah. off of it. And it's, yeah, it's a very technical process. I think if you're listening to this, you want to know more about EMDR, just Google it and then read it in your own language. (laughs) And 
say my well, English you, is you good, but this is hard it. to explain in another you language. It really well, so it's oh okay, almost like separating yourself from what happened and sort of coming to terms with no, it. No, you right? separate the memory from the trauma. So for, and so yeah. the emotions you separate the emotions from the from the memory you had. Yeah, yeah, and then you can actually sort of process it and be able to talk about it if that's what you want, or yes, just be able yes. to live with it you know exactly um, and and have maybe the courage again to get pregnant again because most women who had a very traumatic birth don't want to do it again or don't know that they ha- that they, this was a trauma and then sometimes during therapy it it comes to the surface mm-hmm. like hey i still have nightmares about my birth or i still yeah. feel very like unwell when i think about my my birth story and yeah, it's something you need to address because you you don't have to live with that for the rest of your life, you know? No, and I think something that we struggle with as women and mothers is asking for help. I mean, yeah. even on tiny on a tiny scale, I'm awful at it. I'm just such a martyr. I'll just keep... You are? It. Yeah, and I need to work on it because I just keep taking stuff on and then I'll have a meltdown. And it's like, well, why am I not asking for help? Like, help right. me there. Why am I taking yeah. all this on? But you feel, I don't know. I don't know what it is about, particularly since I've become a mum, it's even worse. I'm just like, no, I'll do this and I'll do that. And it's, we really struggle to, to reach out and ask for the help we need. I don't know what it is about mums. Um, I, think, I think it has to do with the fact that you see so many perfect moms out there, if it, whether it's in real life or on social media. And you, as a new mom, think that that is normal, that all new moms just supposedly know what to do or how to feel. But it's not the case. Many, many mothers struggle the first year to... Uh, develop a routine with her baby getting to know each other getting into the role as a mom adjusting to the huge responsibility that you have um and on top of that not sleeping a lot and the hormones like it's it's hard yeah and and i found that it's not even so much the baby it's everything around it so looking after her day-to-day is a joy. I love it. But then it's also trying to work a little bit, trying to do something I love for me, trying to keep up yeah. with my friends, um, financial pressure. It's it's all of that, keeping on top of the yeah. house stuff. Like it's all of that that some days you're just like, wow, okay. Yeah, it's just a little balls to jiggle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a juggle, yeah. it really is. Um, Tilda, what's your advice for any expecting mums or new mums that may be listening that are struggling with their anxiety or just feeling generally quite overwhelmed? Now, they may not have postpartum depression, but they're just in the thick of it and just feeling, yeah, just just not feeling okay. Yeah, well, first of all, I would really read my book, whether you're pregnant or just giving birth, because it gives a lot of insight in what's happening to you when you give birth and around that whole process. And um, there are a lot of stories in there, not just from me, but also from other moms, which will give you a lot of recognition. And if you're pregnant, it's a great preparation of what's coming. Because my book is not a heavy book. It's filled with sense of humor and everything. So it's a good read. And second of all, if you know that you are already struggling with maybe anxiety or depression already, I will definitely start looking for a healthcare provider that could help you work through that already. Because like I said, early intervention is important. And if it's already happening in a pregnancy, then start looking for help then. If you just have given birth, you're like, no, this is not feeling well for me. Go talk to somebody. It's so important. 
Yeah, I think once you've just shared it with one person, even if it's, you know, another mummy friend or whoever, someone you're comfortable with, just saying something out loud, just that, just the action of that can make you feel a lot better, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And start talking to your partner, a good friend, you know, you need to digest your feelings. And if you keep it all cooped up in yourself, it's getting harder and harder. So yeah, I would definitely recommend talking to to a professional and to your inner circle for sure. And I was going to ask you, how can your book help expecting mums? But you've kind of answered it. I think it's giving them more education, isn't it? So that they have yeah, more and an recognition idea of what to expect. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you read the stories of other moms as well, you, you're, you're like, oh, so I'm not the only mom who's feeling like this, you know? And then hopefully the shame and the guilt will also get less and less. And I talk about very practical things in my book, like not just postpartum depression, but also like how to keep your relationship well after giving birth. And um, what if you have a urinal leakage, for example, or um, how do you handle self-esteem or not sleeping well and mindfulness, of course, there's a lot in there. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think that you touched on the relationship there. I think that always just goes down to sort of the bottom of the pile. Oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like suddenly your baby is everything. And then, you know, you try and sort of look after yourself as and when you can. And then your poor partner just, I do feel sorry for partners because especially in those early days, it is really hard for them. And if you're breastfeeding, there's really not much they can do other than support you, bring you cups of tea, put a load of washing on. Like it's, it's really difficult, I think, for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think as a partner, it starts like during birth, you just stand there, you know, so look at your wife and stand there looking like, wow, what is she doing? A lot lot of men I talk to say they feel completely useless during the birth. And it's such a shame because, you know, they can be such a support system. So I think like any relationship you have, it's like, like having a plant you need to water it you know and a relationship needs to be watered as well so invest in your partner while you can like organize a date night at home when you're in a lockdown situation like we are but you Just know it's important together, even if it's like what yeah maybe eating together because i have to say my husband was amazing during the birth because we did hypnobirthing if we hadn't awesome. have done a course together he wouldn't have had a clue um but in those early days i think he was a bit just like how what can I do you know um and it's really common I think for dads to feel yeah just quite useless but you know there are there are resources out there where dads can also read up and get educated and you know even read your book because they might be looking at their partner thinking what's happened to my partner I mean you know they seem just so full of emotion they they might not understand what's going on so Dads, if you're listening, please read Tilda's book as well. It's not just for women. <laughs> please do, yeah. You well, need it's to it's, know what's going on with us as well. Well, a lot of dads text me or email me like, "Hey, Tilda, I read your book. Thank you so much because now I, I finally understand what's happening with my wife." Yeah, yeah. It's important, I think. And of course, dads sometimes are not feeling well either after giving birth. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's even a more taboo subject because. If a dad co- comes to my practice, they basically tell me like, I didn't, I wasn't pregnant. I didn't give birth. I don't have the hormones. Why should I be the one complaining? Yeah, but their life has changed as well. 
Of course, um, and their feelings are valid, you know. So if you, if if you're a dad and you're listening to this and you're also not feeling well after giving birth, know that you're not alone, and that you can talk to someone about it because it's normal. All, you also need to adjust yourself to the new situation and the responsibilities and your partner that has changed significantly. Yeah, and, it's yeah. a massive change for everybody. For, for sure. And Tilda, if someone wants to reach out to you and have like a one-on-one session with you, how do they go about that? Can they contact you just via your Instagram, your website? What's the Yeah, way? for sure. Yeah, you can contact me through my Instagram. This is postpartum. And my book is available on Amazon.com. We'll be right back after this short break. As an expat first-time mama, I know firsthand how hard it can be to find your tribe particularly during these very strange times we're all currently living in. Playdate is an interactive platform where mums and dads can help build their child's social circle and avail awesome discounts and deals. Born here in Dubai, Playdate is currently available for download on iOS and Android in the UAE, USA and UK. Users can share stories, create memories and expand their child's world all through the ease of a single app. It only takes a few minutes to set up your profile and start exploring. Set your preferences for age, gender, your child's interest, and browse parents and children in your neighborhood, nation, or worldwide. Once matched, get instantly connected with mums and dads using the chat feature. Organize playdates, mama meetups, share ideas, and make new memories with new like-minded friends. To make your experience even sweeter, swipe through and discover incredible offers, exciting goodies, and fun-filled events for you and your little one. Playdate's fabulous founder, Shamim Kasabawi, was a guest on the podcast for episode five of this series, so please do go back and have a listen to my chat with her to find out more. Build your child's social circle today with Playdate. Download now on Google Play and the App Store. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, amazing. Tilda, we're going to do a quick fire round now. Um, okay. But please take your time. It doesn't need to be that quick. <laughs> okay, what's your one piece of advice for first-time mummies? Make yourself a priority. A lot of moms don't because they feel like they need to drop everything for their baby. And of course, a lot of times you do, but you need to make yourself a priority. For sure. I've started getting a bit better at that. Good. And it's small things. You know, baby goes down for a nap. Instead of doing some cleaning, I'll think, no, I'm going to make myself breakfast. I'm going to have Good. a nice shower. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm, and I've slowly, I'm, I'm getting there. I mean, it's seven months in, but I'm slowly starting to to get there and it does make a difference. It really does. No, it's good. I'm proud of you for doing it. Yeah. Um, what are your top three essential items for first time mums? Um, well, both my babies had, um, reflux and we used, um, a little, how do you call it? Bean bag. I think it's called in English, little one that you could put in the microwave. And then I used that before, during and after a feed to calm everything down. And that really helped, um, the other essential thing is not maybe something you can buy, but I think for, for us as parents was a routine. So feeding on the clock and having the sleeps also on the clock. So we all knew what was happening and <laughs> yeah. had some sort of guidance on how to do this because we were both like, oh, how do we do this? And a routine really helped us. So I think that is another essential thing that I would really recommend. 
and um yeah so and lowering the bar is the third thing like yeah lowering the bar is the most important thing mm -hmm. and most essential as new parents because if you look around you and on social media you will see so many so-called insta perfect moms and yeah. dads and yeah. it's just not real life and the the best gift you can give yourself is lowering the bar until there's no bar to be seen basically because if you expect this from yourself but this is what most parents can achieve on a daily basis. You constantly feel the difference between those two and it will make you feel like you're failing or you're not a good parent or that you're losing grip or whatever. And it's not a nice feeling. You are the first person that's actually said that. And I think it's so true. And I am so guilty of getting sucked into that Instagram world. And then I go, and then the logical side of my brain goes, but you know that that's not how it is all the time. And I love following people now who, and I actually have unfollowed a few people recently. Nothing wrong with I did them. too. Yeah. yeah. Them, but I want to see real life. Yes, I want to see beautiful photos, but I want to see a mother talking about, I had a really crap day today and I exactly. cried because <laughs> yeah. I spilt some well, let's keep it Well, let's keep it real because yeah. it's important. I, I think this, the Instagram world is, is, is built on so many, you know, fake things and posts about stuff and all good. Everybody should do their own thing. And I like Instagram accounts that are real. You know, I'm on my Dutch account, especially very real about everything that's happening. I am not a perfect mother not at all i might be a, a postpartum specialist i might be an author but i <laughs> fail on a daily basis and i just made a reel uh, about you know me as a mom before i became a mom like oh i'm gonna cook all organic and i'm gonna put everything fresh and now that i am a mom i make uh, lame cuisine uh, every friday just ready to go pancakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> because it's what my kids love i don't have to cook it's a win-win for all of us. So, yeah, you know, um, I'm, keep the it real. I'm the same. I try, you are? I, I, I try and be really honest, but especially with the food thing, I mean, I'm weaning now and it's just a minefield and I'm looking at all these beautiful, like gorgeous homemade pancakes and muffins that people are making. And I'm literally just like, I'm struggling, you know, and I feel guilty that sometimes I'm giving her like pouches and cause I'm on the go and I've just kind of, just it's okay don't doing, worry about it yeah that pressure and just go hang on a yeah minute. you're doing your best so just exactly exactly know. and i think when you lower the bar for yourself and start following more real accounts on social media you will you will get a more realistic image of mm. how motherhood or parenthood is is supposed to be yeah and yeah. it's a, we have a dutch saying like perfect mothers aren't real and real mothers aren't perfect. And that's basically it. I love it. We have a couple of really amazing sort of mummy influencers out here that I feel really are being honest and it is so refreshing. And not only is it refreshing, it's helpful because they'll post yeah. things and you go, oh, okay, their baby, I don't know, isn't sleeping through the night and they're trying this or their baby has a bit of reflux and they tried that and that worked. And it's actually really helpful for mums to share things. Absolutely. Um, rather than just posting the beautiful photos. Post those as well, but 
I, I love the account. Yeah. For real. Um, no, I post nice pictures as well, but just always with an honest story behind it. And for example, last weekend it was full moon and I was posting about that both, like both my girls were up and mine are uh, six and three years old. So, you know, it still happens sometimes. And I got so many responses in my DM, like, oh my God, Tilda, me too. I'm so tired. And I was like, good. We're all tired together today. You know, yeah. you're not alone yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it genuinely makes you feel better when you feel not alone because you're exactly. just like, oh, okay it's not just me this is normal fine it's that feeling yeah and i just tried to provide what i didn't have when i was a new mom you know i tried just try to provide this safe environment on social media and in my online zoom classes that moms can feel safe and just you know tell their truth because it's important like when the group meetings happen on zoom now it's i do pregnancy groups and postpartum groups there's so much recognition going on between these women it's amazing to see and they all share their raw honest feelings about stuff and it's it's beautiful and I yeah I'm, i feel very blessed that i can do this honestly so people can join a group so they don't they don't yeah they can i want to set up an an, um, an international group as well so if uh, mothers are listening please contact me and as soon as i have enough enough people start a new do. one yeah yeah amazing okay that's yeah that is fantastic um okay what's one item you thought you would use a lot as a first-time mom but then didn't I think it's a steamer, it's called. Mm. Yeah, because you were supposed to steam all your veggies. Yes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't steam anything. I just cooked it and I mashed, mashed it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the reason I asked yeah. that question is because when I was pregnant, I felt this enormous pressure to have so much stuff. And we were not in a financial situation for me to just go on a shopping spree and buy it. Right. And no. since becoming a mom, we kept it very basic and I have more than enough stuff. And I realized that, God, there are only a few things you really need in those early months. I mean, nappies, wipes yeah. and milk, whether it's from you or formula. Right. That's about yeah. it. I mean, there's not really much else you need. Um, no, I know moms as well that buy four different brands of bottles as well. And I'm like, well, you should probably just use one and see if that works. And if yeah. that, that doesn't work, just buy a new one. But it's, yeah, there's a lot of waste on products and in money, I think. Well, it's, a, it's yeah. an industry. And totally. I'll just mark yeah. that. And there were so many things that I was getting myself in a real panic about. We need this. We need that. And, and a lot of stuff you really don't, you know, someone no. the baby to sleep, but you don't need a million things. Um, what's one thing nobody warned you about before becoming a mum? Um, having intrusive thoughts about my baby. That was really hard. So I would walk down the bridge with her in the pram. And I was like, oh, if I let go now, she's dead. And I was like, why am I thinking this? That is awful, you know? And I felt I was the worst mom in the world for having these thoughts. But many moms have them and they don't talk about it. And it gets worse and worse if you don't talk about it. So I think I would have loved to know upfront that this could have happened to me. So I wasn't this shocked when it actually happened. Thank you for sharing that. And both my husband and I have both had this conversation because it started when she was really tiny. If we'd be around a pool, I would think, oh my God, if I drop her, she'd fall in the pool and drown. Yeah. Or if I, it was mainly around pools because we're in Dubai, you know, there's just pools everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of pools and um, water, yeah. And I would, 
yeah, it, it'd be same thing. Or if I drop her and she smacks her head or, and it wasn't that I was thinking, I want to do that, but it was, no. I'm playing it in my mind. Like what yeah. if this happened? And I said to my husband, like, I keep having this. And he's like, oh my God, me too. He's like, especially. Oh, really? Family. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you could share that together yeah. because yeah. it's mainly, it's one of them who has it. And then the other one doesn't get it. And that's very difficult. Yeah. So he was like, I yeah. just keep I'm not happy. I'm not happy. You had the intrusive thoughts, yeah, but, of course, but I'm yeah. happy that you could share it's it together. Really? And, and, there must be something behind that like is it almost it is protected? i can explain it to you if you want please do because it's very i still get it now and it will come out of nowhere and it's horrible it is just awful it is awful downright awful and it's very vivid and it's it comes from um you know back in the old days when we were still cavemen and cave women we had to survive so the um uh, how do you say the responsibility thing in your brain is like fired you know and it still is because as a human race we need to survive so from the responsibility in your in your surviving mechanism in your brain it it fires those images at you and not in a subtle way you know you you had those images i had them they were they're very vivid and it just comes boom like in your face and most moms feel so shocked that they have it because they're like, why am I thinking this? I would never do that to my baby. There are so many different varieties. Some moms have it with knives. Some moms have mm. it with pushing their babies in front of a car. It's like, it's brutal. You had it with the pool situation. And most of them, when they don't talk about it, it's, it's a snowball effect. It gets worse and they get more and more and more. So talking about that is imperative. You need to talk about that as difficult as it is because i know it's difficult but you need to talk about it and then when it still doesn't pass start looking for professional help and mm. this is it's a topic i talk a lot about in my practice as well you don't need to live with this the rest of your life like i rather not at all because it's it's really awful yeah it's like you said it's vivid like that is the word it's really like you're playing it like a movie in your mind yeah, um, over and over yeah yeah it's really disturbing um and I, i'm lucky and my husband that it it's flashes and it happens just now and again but i have heard of ladies where it it is constant and yet you can't live like that you know no. um and it is because you care so much like this is the most precious it thing is in the world so but the thing is, when I when I learned that these intrusive thoughts didn't make me a bad mother, but it made me a good mother because I was so um, I was feeling so responsible for my baby that I didn't want anything to happen to her. But it sh it it showed in a very complicated way by these intrusive intrusive thoughts. And when that clicked in my head, I was like, so I'm not actually a bad mom. I'm a good mom for feeling so responsible. Yeah. And yeah. then it got turned around. And then I found found a way to live with it. Because I still have them. But yeah. it's not bothering me anymore. I know this is just part of who I am. And that some, it, sometimes it comes, but it also goes. There is so much um, that happens to us as mothers that is just part of the human race. Like it's just, it's not something that we can really sort of control is it, it it's no. the nature like it's just it's instinctive um so thank you for sharing yeah. that um what's You're your welcome. favorite thing about being a mum? oh when they when they come back from school or daycare and they see me and they're like mommy and they reach out to me or come run to me that's it's the most amazing feeling in the world yeah 
And finally, Tilda, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? Unconditional love, that's two, but I, I'm going to use that as one, okay? <laughs> we'll allow that. Um, yeah, Un so unconditional love, um, joy, and a mirror, because motherhood is basically holding you a mirror every day where you learn about your kids, but also learning a lot about yourself. So much. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I've been most surprised about is how much, and a lot of it is good as well. It's not all, um, you know, yes, it's challenging, but some of the things you learn about yourself are really good things. They're really positive things as yeah. well. Um, yeah. I think I'm a way nicer person now that I've become a mom than before, honestly. Uh, no, I bet you were still lovely before you had your girls. <laughs> no, I do. But you know what I mean? I, I have evolved yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, they teach evolved. me every day. They teach me new stuff about myself. And, you know, the other day, uh, Liv, our oldest, she's very sensitive and very smart. And she came sit with me. She said, Mommy, I'm so happy that you are my mommy. I said, oh, really? I said, why? She said, because you are so sweet to me. I love you so much. And I was like, oh. Oh, oh my god, that is adorable. <laughs> so adorable. Yeah, so adorable. Oh, it may it makes it makes up for all the, the, the hard moments, you know, in motherhood. It yeah, just makes you have up for it. to enjoy the small wins. You really do. Um so sweet. Tilda, yeah. thank you so much. I'm going to put all your information in the show notes so people know where to find you, know where to buy your book, thank you. know how to get in touch with you. And just thank you for all the incredible work you do because the more people thank start you. talking about this stuff, um, just the better it is for everybody. Um, it is. It is. Yeah. And oh, I, I forgot to say, I also have a, a podcast uh, in English. It's called yes. uh, Super, Super Mom is a Fraud. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love that. I will yeah. put the, the link to your podcast as well in the show notes yeah I make it together with Sarah Babaker and she also lives in Dubai she's so wonderful so if you could thank you well absolutely I will shout it from the rooftops I'm so oh, that's so nice <laughs> I'm obsessed with podcasts honestly Tilda, I listen to about 10 a day just in the background <gasps> if I'm in the shower if I'm going for a walk just I just have them on in the background because it's just Amazing. I at least feel like I'm sort of um you know I enjoy it as well but I also feel like I'm learning something it's yeah I might be oh doing yeah for sure washing the dishes but I can have something on in the background that's kind of feeding my mind as well absolutely I do the same while cooking <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so good to have on in the background Tilda thank you so much you're welcome thank you Thank you once again to the amazing Tilda. You can find links to Tilda's Instagram and where to find her fabulous book in the show notes below. You can also find links below to our social media accounts, including the Friday's Child Facebook community. This is a group I have created in the hope to share positive birth stories, along with parenting life hacks, tips and tricks, general advice, and much more. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to Friday's Child the Podcast to help us reach more wonderful mummers. Until next time, thank you for listening and happy Mother's Day.